Welcome back in everyone to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. And we have a wonderful show in store for you today. We've got another returning guest today joining us along with two new artists. Returning to join us today, we have the playwright, producer, and performer, Rob Asaro. And new to our show, we've got two lead performers with the show, Michaela Scherfe and Helen Hood. All of these wonderful theater artists are part of the upcoming show, Night at the Dining. It's playing November 4th through the 15th at The Tank, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting thetanknyc.org. We're very excited to have this group together with us today and to be talking about the show in particular, so let's dive right into it and welcome on our guests, Rob, Michaela, Helen. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hello. Hey. I'm very excited to have all of you here. Helen, Michaela, welcome here. Rob, welcome back. We kept your seat warm for you. Very excited just to have you all here with this great new show, Night at the Diner. Let me start with you, Rob. And let me ask, could you tell us a little bit more about what this show is about? The show takes place on a Monday in December over one evening from about 6 p.m. to about midnight, a busy shift that starts at dinner rush and ends quietly with just one waitress at the end of the show. It's an ensemble, so the story is told in, in the story is told in vignettes. There's a bunch of different stories that are happening. Some of the scenes are one-offs, but some of the stories have, you know, they come throughout. So Helen's story and Michaela's story happen over both acts. And it's very cool. Now, let me kind of dive a little deeper into this and ask, how did you come up with the idea for the show? I set a lot of projects in diners, as Helen well knows. A lot of <laughs> projects are set in diners. I think they're beautiful. I, I think they're visually interesting, but also it's a place where anybody goes. Rich, poor, young, old, it doesn't matter. All walks of life go to a diner. And there's always a, a, an energy. There's always a nice energy to it. And... Particularly my experiences with diners are, you know, after, you know, doing comedy or doing a show, you're all amped up and you go to the diner and you're discussing it and what worked and what didn't work and what I like and what I didn't like. And you're all like uh, a buzz. So I just love diners for that reason, because I spent so much time there, you know, after doing shows at, at late at night. And I had this image of a waitress on her break, sort of disillusioned smoking that I just kept coming back to and the project had different uh, incarnations but that was really always the what I came back to is that that visual of this this waitress I love that and I couldn't agree more with you I love diners I feel like that's where I get the bulk of my work done as well you know there's something about a diner a good cup of coffee and just the atmosphere I don't know maybe I'm just an old soul I'm just weird <laughs> that way I guess <laughs> But I love it. So now I want to bring on our lead actors, our lead performers, if you will. And I want to ask Michaela and Helen, you know, how did you two come upon this show? And Michaela, if I could start with you first on that. Yeah, I actually worked with Rob in his last show called Lost Again. And I had a, like a smaller bit part, but really enjoyed the writing, had a great time. And so when it came time to produce this show, Rob contacted me, I read the script and 
loved it, loved the idea, the concept and the character, Natalie, who I play. And so just been on board ever since then. Fabulous. Love it. Helen, how about you? I was in the same show with Michaela, but Rod and I have actually known each other for maybe a decade. We, I was actually living in Boston about 10 years ago and he and some collaborators came to make a short film there and just happened to cast me. And it was actually the reason I moved to New York. I had such a fun time working on that shoot. I was like, I gotta go to New York and see where these people are. So, so I came here and we've done a bunch of readings and shows and stuff over the year and over the years. And and then last year put up this show Lost again that Michaela and I were and Robert in and then thought, hey, let's do it again because that was so great. But I've always loved Rob's writing. I love writing that's like comic on the surface and then gives you a little bit of a gut punch when you weren't expecting it. And I I feel like Rob does that really well. It's there's always a moment that really hits me in his in his scripts. And and for this one, I get to play a character that I probably would never get cast in anywhere else. So it's it's really kind of a fun, fun challenge. That's fantastic. Now we've got this great show that's got these wonderful vignettes. So with this great show that you've got these great intertwining lives and whatnot, what has it been like developing this kind of intricate show for this iteration? And Rob, I want to start with you on that. So last year when I developed Lost Again, it was an episodic piece that that I reimagined into a play. I readapted it. And just because I wanted it to live. And as we were doing, I was like, oh, this is a good energy. It just, we were in the heart of the rehearsal and it was just fun and it was just a great group of people. And it's like, yeah, we should do this again. You know, it's the kind of thing, if if it was like the middle of January and you're just sitting there and you're like, do I want to readapt another piece? You'd probably be like, I don't know. But in that moment, it felt like the right thing to do. And so I looked at some of the work I had and this particular piece felt like it could be readapted because Again, this was a, a film script, but it it takes place in one location. So I readapted it. I took some time uh, fine-tuning, changing some things around, and, and then we went into rehearsal after Labor Day. That is amazing. I love it. I love it. Now, Helen and Michaela, you're playing the waitresses. You're, you're essentially playing the Sherpas of the story, if you will. So, Helen, I want to start with you and ask, what has it been like developing this role for the world premiere? It's been really fun. We, this is a, you know, we've had different iterations of this over the years where we've, you know, done readings of it when it was a screenplay and then we're now adapting it for the stage. And it's been really fun because in the early weeks of rehearsal, we did some improvisation to sort of like find what the heart of the relationships were. Because I think this really is a play about relationships. We've got really close working relationships. We've got, you know, strangers. We've got, uh, we've got conflict. We've got love. And so we did the, this improvisation to sort of like get at those things. And then Rob took the things that that looked that seemed really meaty and worked them back into the script, which has been a really fun process to get to collaborate in that way. Wonderful. And Michaela, how about you? What has it been like developing your role? Yeah, I agree with Helen that it is like a very unique play in that there's not one thing that every character is working toward. It's every single relationship that happens on stage. Every time my character, Natalie, interacts with somebody, that's those own two characters' very particular relationship. And you get the feeling that you're kind of dropped in to this very real place and time. And you just get to see people kind of go about their lives. It's a little voyeuristic in a way. But in the best way. 
and it's been it's been great to develop Natalie just as somebody who has has a lot of weight on her in this show and seeing how that can affect how you go about your relationships with people. Sounds so fantastic. I love that. I now want to ask all three of you, what is the message or thought you're hoping that audiences will take away from this show? And I want to start with you, Michaela, if I can. Taking away from the show, I think, I I hope that the audience, that this can be a way to uh, remember that there's a million lives, a million situations going on around you and to have a little kindness in your heart and think about that, what people are going through, they're not gonna show that to you directly. And yeah, just have like some love in your heart, some space and remember that everyone has their own little world that they're living into. And a message definitely needed now more than ever. I love that. Helen, how about you? Yeah, I think the same thing. Like it's, it's. I think you come away with it, like with the, just a reminder that everyone's going through their own stuff. And I also would love it if people just go and do a little people watching in like a, a coffee shop or a diner or something like this, that to me is like where it feels like something that came out of, you know, someone sitting at a diner and really paying attention to what was, you know, what's going on around them all the time. In fact, we actually even have a character who seems to be doing that. He's sketching a lot during the during the course of the play and I that's just one of my favorite things to do and I feel like it's like a, just a nice thing for everyone to do and we we sort of like went through a few years where we didn't do that at all <laughs> so I hope it's like a little encouragement to just go out and like pay attention to people in a public space like that love it and what a wonderful city we live in to be able to do something like that oh my gosh you've mentioned the diner is set in New York City oh I always I assume everybody knows everything's in New York City <laughs> but yes, it's set in New York City. Well, Rob, what about you as a playwright? What is the message or thought you're hoping the audiences take away? I I don't think I you know I had a message necessarily writing it. It was just you you hope the audience feels something and that there, that there's some sort of uh, oh I felt that you know you're trying to get to like really specific feelings and hopefully the audience relates to them. Uh, I guess particularly with. Natalie, it's it's this character who who feels like she's reached the the end of something that there's no way forward, and she's dealing with that throughout the play. So maybe someone who has gone through something similar, you know, just feels seen or something. That is wonderful, though. I love great message and ideas that all of you are trying to portray in this. Wonderful. My final question for this first part of the interview is: Who do you hope have access? to night at the diner and rob i'm going to start right back with you on this so who do you hope have access to your show so i saw a documentary just last week i'm trying to remember the name of it it's set in the bendix diner and it's about this man who the bendix diner is in hasbrook heights new jersey right outside of the city and it's about this man who's who's blind who runs the diner and he's raising his three sons and i saw this documentary and I, i've known about this guy because we wanted to ask actually set one of our diner projects there a couple of years ago, but I never met him personally. Our director did, Paul. And when I heard they made a documentary about this guy, I, I went out and I saw it. And it was it was so well done. And he's such an interesting person. I was like, 
I said to my uncle just last week, I said, come with me to Hasbro Kites. I, I'm inviting this guy to the show because this is who it's for. You know, a guy who's working, you know, to two, three in the morning to send his kid to Harvard because his oldest son just got into Harvard. And I'm like, this is exactly who this is for. I'm going to that diner to invite this man on us to see the show because who who better to see it? That is absolutely fantastic. I I love that. I really do. Helen, how about you? Who do you hope have access to the show? I don't know if there's a specific audience that I hope we reach, but I do hope that people who, with whom like the character struggles resonate or get to come. Like I, people who are dealing with like taking care of an elder parent like Natalie is, or, you know, trying to help a friend like move on in their life and not be stuck like, like Mara is, or, you know, uh, you know, there's a character with a, sibling with a gambling problem like those I want people who like see themselves in those struggles to be able to be there and hopefully have something resonate with them yes it sounds very relatable and real so I love that wonderful answer finally wrapping us up Michaela how about you who do you hope have access I'll try to find the same a way to say a similar thing a different way <laughs> that I I do hope because it's such a relatable play and it's such a real play dealing with real life issues, very, very genuine characters that you can't invite somebody who might be intimidated by the concept of theater. And it would be great to get people into the show and show them themselves something they can relate to, something that they can like find in their heart, feel something from It'd be wonderful it, if I can tell an anecdote. It reminds me of the first play I ever did. I invited my grandfather and it was like a very, you know, like down home, Southern play, straightforward, but you know, it was dealing with like real people, real working people. He'd never been to a play in his life. He worked on a farm his whole life. And he gets out and I was so nervous. And he's just like, well, that was just like the TV. It was amazing. <laughs> like, it, I was over the moon. I'm like, yeah, it's just like the TV. Everyone can come here. It's not scary. It's not going to be over your head. It's like relatable. You're going to love it. So it'd be great. It'd be great to get an audience like that. switch things up now for our second part of our interview and give our listeners a chance to get to know all of you a little bit better. And I want to start with our regular first question, which is what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows in the past have inspired you or some of your favorites? And Helen, can I start with you first on that? Sure. Gosh, I think I, I mentioned this initially, but I think like shows that are sort of like comic on the surface and then give you a gut punch you weren't expecting. I love, I love, I love shows that have like a big sort of like dramatic climax that just shakes you somehow. One show that I saw, I think last year at New York Theater Workshop was On Sugarland by Alicia Harris and it blew my friggin' mind. Like I, it was, it was so funny it was so hard hitting, like it spoke to all these, like these challenges of our day, like it was unsettling, but it was also hilarious until the climax, which just like 
rocks you back in your seat. And I just left the theater buzzing and couldn't like think about anything else for three days. Like that's the kind of theater I really, I really love and, and speaks to me. And I also really love just like heartfelt, like stories with a lot of love in them. I think like Lynn Nottage is one of my favorite playwrights. Intimate Apparel, I'm like chef's kiss of a play. It's just so gorgeous. And you just feel so much for all of those characters. So so those sorts of things really speak to me. And if I ever have a moment like that in the theater, I'm just like agog. And it just like, you know, that'll that'll sustain me as an artist for like months working on my own, you know, commercial auditions. <laughs> I completely agree. That's wonderful, wonderful inspiration. Michaela, how about you? I mean, let's see. I've been on a on a huge like Phoebe Waller-Bridge kick recently. I'm watching all of her stuff over and over and wondering. There's so much character development in her particular writing style, but it's, again, very strong in the fact that you don't learn much about anybody, which is a very interesting concept to me as far as writing goes. You don't need to know everything about somebody to understand and relate to a struggle that they're going to or going through. So yeah, I've been super into her work recently. It's inspiring to me and the fact that it, it gives you something interesting to play. Yeah. That is also fantastic. Rob, we've had you on our show before. And so I kind of want to change your question up and ask, how did you come into the performing arts? I just, it was, I, uh, how do you answer this question without sounding so? It's just what I always was wired to do i i when i was three years old my mother bought me into new york city to read for a, a life serial commercial because i always wanted to you know i was always performing and so my first experience was refusing to say and i remember this refusing to say mikey likes life serial because i can remember feeling like this sounds like lame even as i don't know why it just felt off to me i remember that feeling that's the first fe like one of the first things i can remember then i couldn't read so they were showing me pictures on cards and they were telling me what to say and they were going through them one at a time one at a time and then when they got to mikey likes life serial i was just like it just Oh, it just something came over me, even as a three year old. And they sent me home because they said if he's going to be difficult and he's not going to say what he's, you know, what we tell him, then we can't have him. So that was my first experience. I just have to say that's the most Rob story I've ever heard. I'm so glad I know that about you now. <laughs> right. It just tracks completely. <laughs> I just want to throw in that I, I was I'm very inspired by I was very inspired last year by the cast of Lost again. And just watching them perform and performing with them. That was a big part of why this came about because it was like, oh my gosh, you know, Helen, of course, I know how amazing she is. I've known her forever, but then meeting Michaela and seeing what she could do. And then we had an actress who was the lead last year, Katie, and her character in the play is from Florida and she's from Florida. And I was like, this is weird. She'd be perfect for this. And she was inspiring. And and then my friend Paul Valente is this brilliant, silent comedian. I was like, oh, Paul would be perfect. For and that was more inspiring for me, just the idea of bringing all these people together. If Helen and Michaela and Paul and Katie and, and Ashlyn said they didn't want to do it, I would never do this. I would have never done it because it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been interesting. That was really the core of it, the people. You know, the once I knew, I was like, oh, okay. You know, then I was excited about it. 
I love that. There, there really is something about the chemistry of all the performers together that makes a show. It really is. I know you all have been very busy with this piece and other stuff, but have you had a chance to see any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I think this has closed now, so I don't know if I should recommend it, but I saw the Uncle Vanya with David Cromer and Marin Ireland, and and it was like in a loft. It was really very intimate and lovely. And I was like, I feel like this is how Chekhov should be done in this like tiny little loft space where you're really close to the actors. So that was really great. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of in the same boat. I haven't seen too much theater very recently, but I, I can always recommend like, yeah, go to these small intimate venues go and see plays you might you know not like some of them but the ones that you do it's going to be so special such an intimate experience and then maybe when it goes to broadway you'll be able to say oh yeah i was there when they did it in the closet just go yeah (laughs) my favorite things that i've seen recently are like my friends productions that are like no budget like a, a month of rehearsals like i just saw one at the brick uh, maybe last month with this this guy William Sidney who's a playwright and has all these very strange like kind of uh, very surprising very interesting very unusual kind of like absurdist theater that a friend of mine is a collaborator of his so I've been going to see his shows and they're just delightful and like some stuff works some stuff doesn't but it's like always really entertaining and satisfying I come away from those nights being like awed by other people's creativity I love that let me ask all three of you what is your favorite part about working in the theater. And Helen, I'm gonna kick things back to you for this to start us off. Yeah, I think in general, it's it's just the collaboration and like the working with other people to like make something beautiful that's also sort of ephemeral. I didn't actually start out as an actor, I was a dancer, but I, I got into it through doing my high school musical stuff. And I would just pitch in wherever I could and help out with costumes and do choreography and, and all these things and like, I feel like that's the archetypal like experience I'm always trying to get back to like that first high of like coming together with no resources and just like making this beautiful thing and just like that sense of satisfaction. I think there's just like nothing better. That is a fabulous answer. Love it. Rob, what about you? It's the collaborators. It's having, it's working out a problem that you can't figure out until all hours of the night. I mean, I come from comedy, so I did a lot of sketch comedy and it was a lot of trying to figure it out. Last minute, this isn't working. You know, you're always problem solving. You know, it's, it's, and when you have people who are, who, who you trust and people that you enjoy working with, it, it it's more joyful than it is terrible. Absolutely love that. And finally, Michaela, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? In the theater, I'd say like my favorite part about working is the final product, the concept of suspension of disbelief that doesn't happen in many other like performance venues where I run into the same thing when I'm making art that sometimes if you want to get a certain thing across, you want to show people something, you have to tweak it. It can't be as real as it is in real life. So in the theater, we get that very particular uh, opportunity to make things a little magical, make things a little different than they are in life in that 
you could be in a black box with a chair and from go you can have an audience believing that they are on a safari and they just have to and i think that that's a very beautiful thing to be able to transport people in that way completely agree i love that that truly is the power of theater we have the ability to create worlds well, we've now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? Or, Rob, in your case, what is another of your favorite memories? Well, I'll go back um, to high school, because mine was probably in high school. <laughs> and I remember we, like, after striking the set for a musical, we'd, like, give out little awards. And I, they gave me the Unsung Hero Award for just, like, going and pitching in wherever. And I... That was like, I was the most touched I've ever been in my life. And now it probably doesn't qualify as unsung because I'm telling all of you about it and about how proud I was of that. <laughs> but in the moment, it was like the most touching, like meaningful thing that had ever happened to me. And I just, I don't know. I think that's, yeah, kind of ties in with my whole love of theater. I love that. Way to be, way to be there for everyone. But also, I love that memory. Thank you for sharing that. I'd say my my favorite memory is one of the first like not school plays that I did in my hometown. There was one theater company at the time and I lied about my age to get in because I was 14 and my school had just like canceled their theater program. So I just wanted to perform and I got into the show. Nobody knew how old I was and opening night we only performed I guess it was like a preview only performed for the local nursing home they all got like bust in and it absolutely filled up the theater and they were the best audience I'm not sure if all of them were conscious but they were the most uh, interactive audience I've ever worked with in a show. It was to the point where every question you asked, someone or multiple people in the audience would stand up and answer you. They would scream at parts that were scary. They would like cry at parts that were sad. It was like a visceral experience. And afterwards, just like in a lobby, being congratulated and like fawned over by a bunch of like grandmas, grandpas, elderly people. It was very cute, very fun. And I still think about it all the time. They were lovely. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love it. And I'm sure that's not a promotion about lying about your age to do thing. No, I'm kidding. Never. <laughs> Never. No, but I love that. I absolutely love that memory. That's fantastic. Rob, bring us home with this. Well, mine is, I was in a, um, a sketch comedy troupe for years called Chocolate Cake City, and we started at Emerson College, and we were all a bunch of people who didn't fit in any of the other groups or whatever, and we did our own thing, and I feel like that set the tone for everything I've done after, but I just have this image in my mind of all of us after that first show, we put everything into the show, just all of us walking across the Boston Common, who's still half in costume, who's carrying props, just this feeling of 
just triumph, just this this camaraderie and uh, just that that image of walking through the across the commons after performing in some weird theater space, walking from Beacon over to Boylston. I love that memory. That's such a wonderful memory. All of your memories. They were wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing those. Fabulous. Do any of you have any other upcoming projects or productions that we might be able to plug for you? McPhail has a book out. Yeah, I, I do have a book. It's a coloring book of all of the pieces that I've done the past year, illustration-wise. I took all the color out of them and put them into a book about Brooklyn. It goes north to south and just kind of shows you the different neighborhoods that you can come across. And it's out now, Brooklyn bound, everywhere, anywhere. Amazing, wow. <laughs> me, but our good friend Paul Valente, who's in our show, has the brilliant Chris and Paul shows at the Pit Sketch Fest on October 21st at five o'clock or October 28th. One of them. Go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, finally, if our listeners want more information about Night at the Diner or about any of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? You can find me online. Uh, everything for me is under a perfect mouse. It's a weird name, but hopefully memorable. And I'm uh, Helen C. Hood on Instagram. I'm way less active than I probably should be. But if you want to see cat pictures, I just got a kitten. So there's going to be lots of cat content if that is of interest to listeners. <laughs> Robisaro Show, everything, gmail.com, Instagram, Robisaro Show. Show is the first two Saturdays and Sundays of the month. And all, there's also a Thursday and a Wednesday in there somewhere. Fabulous. Well, Rob, Michaela, Helen, thank you all so much for taking the time to stop by and share this fantastic show and some wonderful insight with us, including those wonderful memories. I really appreciate you all taking the time to speak with me today. So thank you so much. My guests today have been the playwright, producer, and performer, Rob Asaro, and the lead performers, Michaela Scherfe and Helen Hood, all who are part of the upcoming show, Night at the Diner, playing November 4th through the 15th at The Tank. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting thetanknyc.org. We also have some contact information for our guests, which we'll be posting on our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you check out this fantastic show. We are very excited to see it ourselves. We'll keep you posted on one we're attending. But head to thetanknyc.org. Get your tickets now for Night at the Diner, November 4th through the 15th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones up your candies and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper thank you if you like what you hear please leave a five-star review like and subscribe you can also find us on facebook and instagram at stage whisper pod and feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. 
simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.